Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to human design practitioner Nicole Crosby. It's amazing for relationships yeah, and for kids and parents and partnerships and people mm. you're working with. It just sheds so much light and it just it allows us to not make each other wrong for not being the same as each other. Yes. You know, there's just more respect and grace and honoring that happens, you know, and people can work together instead of working against each other because they're different. In this conversation, she explains what human design is and how to get your unique chart. She also gives us an overview of the chart, which includes things like energy types and profile lines. And she also touches on the centres. Now, this is all stuff that will hopefully make sense once you listen to the episode. And to get the most out of it, I'd recommend that you do your chart before you listen. Simply check the show notes for info on how to get it, along with the link that will bring you to your own chart. And the last thing I'll say is, if you're new to this kind of thing try and keep an open mind and see if it resonates with you you may be into it you may not be and it's all good okay let's get into it so I think I sowed the seed with you about recording this podcast a few years ago now at this stage you did a reading for me we were just working it out there before we started to record and it was two and a bit years ago and I remember as you were speaking to me about my own chart, I was thinking this would make a brilliant podcast. <laughs> but like all things, everything happens in its own divine way. And we're finally here to have the chat. And this is one that I think will appeal to those who have maybe heard a little bit about human design and those who know nothing about it. And I think we're going to, we've already kind of worked it out in advance where we're going to go. And I think covering the big, the big areas within human design is best because it is so layered. So let's talk about it first up. What is human design? (laughs) The big question. So human design is a system and it's based off of your 
date, your time and your place of birth. And it basically reveals your energetic blueprint. So it's like receiving a user manual for yourself, basically describing how you function, how you operate, how your energy moves, how you're wired to thrive in this world, because we're all so different and we forget that. So human design sort of encompasses everything that you are into what looks like a very complex looking chart, but that's exactly what we'll we'll talk about a few of those elements today. But yeah, it just reveals you. It tells you who you are. It's kind of like a, a personality system, but on steroids. Okay. Very, very detailed. I love that. So when you see somebody's chart, because yeah, to me, it just looks like a lot of numbers and colors and arrows and, and whatever going on. I can't make head nor tail of it. But when you see somebody's chart instantly, you can get a read of that person. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How accurate does the time of birth need to be? Because obviously, you know, I have two kids and I know exactly when they were born, but I was born in the late 70s. I'm a 79 baby. A lot of people I know from asking friends, their parents might not know exactly when they were born. So my Mm. mother is convinced it was eight in the morning. I mean, it's quite specific to say eight, you know, eight o'clock on the button. And um, sometimes it can be a bit of a guesstimate <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people who are of a certain age. How accurate does your time of birth need to be? It does need to be accurate if okay. you want a 100% clear, 100% consistent chart. Okay. Um, a lot of people have that problem. So what I do in that situation is I'll either sort of defer them over to the hospital to ring the hospital and get onto the archives unit. They might be able to give them a record of the time. Oh, very good. So that's one way of doing it. And right. then another way is... Basically, I have run charts throughout a time frame. Let's say if someone knows they were born in the morning, so between 6 a.m. to 11 a.m., I can run a chart and see how much it changes. A lot of the time, very few things change and those pieces then can just be left out because you have clarity on the rest of it. Then you know that won't change within that window. So there's ways around it. But yes, time does change elements in it, but not everything. There's a lot of things that stay consistent. So it's not a hope is lost kind of thing. Mm. Well, I see, the thing is, I, I actually do think my my mother must be uh, on the money with her eight o'clock time because when I did the session with you, every single thing you said resonated with me. Yeah. As this sounds like me. So hopefully it was right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So human design, you're, you're looking at a lot of different philosophies. Can you, can you talk us through some of them? Yes. So human design, it has, a, it has a few different modalities built into it. So it's part astrology. It has the chakra system built into it, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life. But then it's also mixed with science. So epigenetics, uh, quantum mechanics, there's, there's a lot of scientific pieces in it as well, which is what I like because it's, it's very woo and mystical in all the ways that I love, but it's also yeah. really practical and very, very detailed and specific in ways that I need. Otherwise I would just disregard it if it's too blasé. I like that it's very, it can be very black and white with a lot of the elements. And that will appeal to a lot of people as well who need that bit more of a, wait a second, I can't fully trust in this system if I don't know it has a bit of bit of science to back it up. Yeah. You were you were telling me before that this is um a lot of a lot of companies, particularly say in the in the States, use it in corporate settings to get the best out of their teams. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, we're all wired very differently. We all have different strengths. We all have areas that we don't have much interest in and we find more difficult to engage in. So it's just sort of not categorizing people, but just allowing people to to work within their area of genius without having to be pushed into a box of 
somewhere that they just don't want to be. Yeah. And it's, you know, just not pushing uphill. Like it's the path of least resistance to understand how your energy is flowing through your body. So putting teams together in that way, it's just more seamless and everyone is happier. Yeah. And it's it's relatively new system as well, isn't it? It is new. So it's 1987 is when it was actually channeled and put together. But the modalities that make up the system are thousands of years sure. old. Sure, yeah. So it wasn't just made up all of a sudden it was pieced together and sort of weaved by by a man. Yeah. Ra Aruhu. It's very woo. <laughs> What's that his name? Ra. Well, no, no. He had a, a different, very normal name. <laughs> I can't even remember now. Okay. But he renamed himself Ra Aruhu. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, why not? Why not rename <laughs> why not? yourself? Okay. Um, so in terms of the chart, so we all have a chart um, based on, you know, the date and the date we were born and the time and the place. And how do we get it? So again, your birth details. So having your time, date, month, year and place of birth. And I will give you a link. I think you're going to link it in the show notes where people can click onto that link and literally just put in your birth details. That will generate your chart for you. And you have it. And that will give you an overview, which initially will look like gobbledygook until you get an expert like yourself to talk you through it. And that's where I suppose a session with you to actually explain what it all means is good. But what we're going to give people today is an overview of of if they do get their chart and they have a thing like their energy, their energy description is there. After this conversation, at least they'll know a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there there is foundational pieces that you can just start with. I would say just completely ignore the chart if you're starting this journey and just look to the left. You'll see a few things written down, such as energy type profile. Be curious about those first. Do a little bit of research on them and then you can continue on if you're falling down the rabbit hole. Let's talk about the energy types. So there are five. Am I right in saying five main ones? There's five energy types. Technically, there's four. It's a bit controversial. Two are weaved into one in some cases. But yeah, we'll say five. And they are... I'm the fifth controversial one. (laughs) Okay, let's let's start. Where do you want to go first? We'll start with the the sacral beings. So the generators and the manifesting generators. So these are... I think they're two different energy types, but I would say that because I'm one of them. So I want to see myself as separate. (laughs) But um, generators. Generators would be similar to manifesting generators. And generators are here to be masterful creators and doers. They're the energy types of the world. They're basically the life force energy of our planet. So they have this tank full of energy that they're designed to wake up with and use and exhaust and satisfy themselves throughout the day and fall into bed really tired at night, feeling great about themselves and wake up and do it all again. But they're very good at building and growing things. So they have great stamina. They have great sustenance when they're putting their energy into something, they can really see it through. So they're sort of these slow burners and they become experts at what they're doing and they find mastery in what they're doing. But the whole key with the generator type is that they have to prioritize their own satisfaction. So they need to be able to feel lit up by what they're doing and create boundaries as well because people can sense the capacity for the energy that they do have and they will be pulled on for that energy to be used for favors, support, work, whatever it is. So they need to be very careful where they're pouring it because if it's going into the wrong thing, they'll just end up feeling very frustrated um, because that is what they're here for, is to be able to use this energy to grow and create and sustain whatever it is that they put their hands to. 
Um, and they're here to, to magnetize things towards them. They're not supposed to chase or initiate or push things or force things. They're meant to just be responding to life as it comes to them and it comes into their external field. So they're actually responding to things that are satisfying them, that, that that's lighting their gut up essentially. Um, and then they can go as fast as they want. They can just make things happen very, very powerfully. Do they make up the biggest chunk of the population of the world? Do you know the way, because I know you described this to me before, that there are different percentages of the energy types. Yes. So generators and manifesting generators would make up about 70% of the world. Oh, wow. So that's they a, are that's both. A big, that's a big percentage, isn't it? It is, but it, it needs to be that way, really, because they are the energy types. They we have, didn't have them, consistent nothing energy would, nothing, in their body. Nothing, nothing would get done. Exactly. <laughs> okay. The world, everything would just fall flat. Nothing oh, would move, God. nothing would go, nothing would keep going. It's It's all about sustainability and just, yeah. And that's why, because it's interesting, because I know from some friends of mine who've done their charts as well, what they are, you know, and... Uh, you know, I have different energy types in my my circle in terms of people in my life, you know, and um, because I suppose we couldn't all hang out with the same type of energy types. It wouldn't it wouldn't work either, would it? Or would it? No. Yeah, it's good to have a blend of everyone because everyone is bringing something we different to the, the table. table. Yeah. Yeah. We're all here for different things. So it's yeah. Here for a reason. Yeah. So generators, they make stuff happen. Yeah. They are the ones there. Are they the energizer bunnies? So of the of the group, they're the energizer bunnies. They are the ones actually, if they're not using their energy, if they're not exhausting and using their energy throughout the day, they can feel quite ill. They can feel very depleted and tired if they're not doing, if they're okay. not creating, if they're not building something. Um, Exercising, using their body yeah. physically, all that is really important to them probably. It can be, yeah. There's nuances in that as well, but it's it's more so that there is, I mean, this could be mental energy, creative energy, physical energy, but, sure. but something that's creating a momentum in their body that they're sustaining and they're building out through over time where they could just keep going for hours and hours and hours. They're the people that you're looking at stupid saying, how are you still going? Yeah. And they're like, I just love it. <laughs> That's the generator sacral energy and people pick this up from them. So this is why they're so important that they're prioritizing their satisfaction because their life force pours outside of their body and other people pick this up. That's what keeps things moving. That's what gives sort of health and vitality to everything around us. Okay. Okay. What about the manifesting generators? How do they differ so from the generators? So the manifesting generator is also what's called a sacral being like the generator. The sacral is this energy center that we're talking about where this life force comes from. But the manifesting generator is actually half a manifester, half a generator. So they're the only hybrid type. They're two types blended together. Mm. Now, they are here for the same thing. They're here to be doing, creating, building similar to the generator, but they're very multifaceted. So they are very multi-passionate people. They're not to have a linear path here. They're actually you. This is me. They're bouncing around. They're dipping in and out of different things. They have the same level of mastery, but they do want to, to pivot and they can change their minds very quickly. So they can be seen as a little bit flaky sometimes because there's <laughs> there's a bit of back and forth between things. Um, but yeah, they're very good at creating and being innovative because they don't follow all the steps they're not great for following a complete process. So it's good for them to call in support from other people so that they don't have to do every part of it, but that they can kind of fast track their way through things so they can make things more efficient. That's how they're creative because they can find shortcuts to different things around them and different things they're doing. Very good. The biggest thing is them being multi-passionate and not feeling guilty if they're moving in between different things and doing a couple of things at the same time. 
And I'm, I'm particularly interested because, uh, you know, I've done a, a basic chart for the kids and for himself and both my partner and my daughter are manifesting generators. <laughs> so I'm like all ears for these. Um, energy wise, I'm guessing you have a lot of energy also. Yes. When it's the right thing. If it's something that I've no interest in, it's like the sacral just taps out and says, and nope. And then okay. you're running on fumes. Then you can feel very depleted. So I have a lot of people who are generators, manifesting generators in session who are wondering where this tank of energy is. And that's because they're they're pouring it into the wrong thing. And when that happens, the sacral just cuts you off. Right. The reason I, ob- I, I've observed it is that, um, so, so clean is a year and a half. And, you know, recently we had family up to stay and there were a few late nights. She's only a very small little human being. And normally her bedtime is about seven. But she was like a party girl <laughs> wanting to stay up all night. <laughs> not at all tired, didn't want to leave the party, was like, I am not leaving the crack, lads. I am staying here in the thick of it. And we we found really interesting because our son wouldn't be like that. If he gets tired, he gets tired, he has to go to bed. But she was like, year and a half, doesn't want to go anywhere. What's that about? So now it kind of explains it. There you go. Didn't want to miss out on the fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, there's like, there's, there's sleep hygiene for the different energy types. So particularly for manifesting generators, because they can just work on these whims. They're very prone to getting second wins. Okay. So it's, does wind down time is really important. Like, I I can't just hop into bed straight from doing something. There has to be a wind down period. Otherwise the sacral is hopping. Oh, right. Okay. It needs to calm down a bit. Okay. Do you have, so you have a kind of a sleep ritual? reading it's it's reading for me if I don't have my book I'll panic I have to have okay. something that I can just read and sort of drop <laughs> lullaby down. myself down yeah, yeah 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 yeah. and we all know like the one of the worst things you can have and I'm still guilty of it is the phone the phone before bed yeah it is not your friend when you want to go into a restful sleep yeah right. okay so what about the manifestors so the manifestor is the manifestor is a non-energy type. So we spoke about the generators and the manifesting generators there. They have the full sacral, full of energy. The manifestor is more, they work in spurts. So they get big bursts of energy for a time and then they have to take big rests. So they need that restorative time in between. But basically manifestors are the initiators. They're the innovators. They're here to disrupt things they're very provocative they're here to transform things they're here to start things so they're the people that get the ball rolling they're the people that create a new movement or a new company or a new way or a new path they're here to do things first basically they sound really cool yeah they're <laughs> who'd pretty... want to be a manifester <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone thinks when you first come to human design you see manifester people are so disappointed when they're not a manifester yeah because it's also the buzzword right now exactly you know what I mean yeah. it's become the word in the past year or two in particular uh, manifest this manifest that <laughs> so I would imagine yeah when you look at it and you go oh, yeah which one will I be I hope I'm that um, but are there any downsides to any of these energy types like is, are, are there pros and cons to them yeah there can be definitely there's, okay. there's shadow pieces to it so you need to be aware so that you can I suppose reach your potential within it and once you know more you can live your life accordingly is that it yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like with the generators and the manifesting generators, there's a big there's a big thing of people pleasing and just giving the energy away because we have it. So let's just do it. Why why not do it? We'll just share it and support that person. But I mean, that's still taking energy away from them. Okay. And it's funny, even though they have the most energy, they're the most prone to burnout because they're just dishing it out to people because they they have it there, but okay. not for long. They'll burn out fairly quickly with that. 
So people pleasing and just accommodating can be a big thing. Um, with the manifestors, so the manifestors actually here to be a very big energy, very bold, again, very provocative because it's the manifestor is built to push things out of the way because it is carving out a new path. So its aura is very thick, it's very in- intense, it's very dense. So it has to push people and things out of the way that isn't in alignment with what it's trying to do. Um, so it can be very mysterious and people can find that very confronting and try to take the manifestor down a peg or two because okay, if okay. they're a big energy they could just be standing in the room not saying anything but you can feel something from them that's it's big there's something about them so they can be targeted then as to try try to dim that person down or make them a little bit smaller um and then the manifester can feel does feel very very different because they're only seven percent of the population so they will try to conform oh, and fit in and do things the way everybody else is doing it but they're not supposed to but if they don't know that about themselves then they just think there's something weird and wrong with them so they'll try and fit in with the crowd so yeah there is those those shadow pieces of yeah. being that different so your your manifesting generators and your generators are 70% of the population manifestors 7% seven, so tiny 7 to 9% right yeah yeah really small yeah so like back in the day they would have been the kings and the queens they were they were leading they were okay yeah the initiators and they need a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy and control over everything that they do. So they can't be micromanaged in any way. They're not here to be told what to do. They need to be able to, to manage everything and source everything for themselves. I'd be fascinated to know whether Roxy Nafusi is actually a manifester <laughs> when it comes to our human design. Okay, where will we go next? So then there's projectors. Yeah, okay, so I'm a projector. You're a projector. So it'd be interesting to see if this resonates, even though I know you're... You're quite modest, so you mightn't agree with it. Okay, <laughs> just stay quiet. How? What is? What percentage of the population are projectors? So projectors are about twenty, twenty-one percent. Okay. So give or take a few percent between all of these, but um, generally that's what they are. But then there's more defined um, descriptions of a projector. So I think I'm a. What is it? A self something projector. So you're a self projected projector. projector. So you're more rare. And I think Cahill is yeah. a, he's an energy projector. Yes. So he's quite a defined projector. He's okay. got a lot of energy in the body. So that's the thing about this, because I know that when I looked up Damien and Cleona as well, that Damien is a pure manifesting generator and Cleona is an emotional manifesting yeah. generator. And I was like, what does that mean? So there's all these different nuances to human design. But anyway, so overall projectors are 20, 21%. And yeah. what are they? So projectors are, they're here to be the guides. They're here to be the teachers, the leaders, the facilitators, the orchestrators. So your value is not in what you do or how much time you can put into something. It's it's how you see things. So you have a very penetrating aura. You have a way of seeing systems and people very, very deeply. It's kind of like the the wise owl on top of the trees that looks down over the animal kingdom and things just seem so obvious to you and you're like stop doing that over there if you just do it this way it'll be so much better you just have a way of yeah throwing an eye over the land and seeing what's working and what's not working um and and that's that's where your value is you've very very deep insight and deep perspectives into things so you're really here to be seen by other people and you're here to be invited in and recognized for that it's really important for you that you have that kind of tribe and network around you that see this within you because 
you have the capacity to see it in others. So it's sort of like this beautiful exchange that happens between you and other people that you can see potential in something okay. or a system or, yeah, you just notice things that it would take other people a very long time to notice. And it's, it just seems very obvious to you. Um, I mean, that seems very flattering and it would seem extremely egotistical if I was just to say, yes, yes, that's, that's me. me. That's me. That's me. That's me. But it is, it, look, it is very interesting. And I, as I said, you know, earlier on during the chat, I did find the session with you to be really insightful um, because the stuff you were saying was quite, it, it was just quite um, focused on, and I could, I could think of situations, I think I gave you loads of examples as we were chatting you know, of what that connects because I can give you the story that actually kind of illustrates what you've just spoken about. But yeah, it is it is an interesting it is an interesting one. Um, And questions as well, Sheila, you're very good at asking. So projectors are fantastic at asking the right questions. Okay, you know where to go, what questions to ask, how to navigate and how how to direct something. So that's quite perfect for doing a podcast. Yeah, I suppose suppose you can see people and you can see things in them that they can't even see themselves. You can pull something out that they might know that's there okay so but you you don't know you're doing this as you're doing it it's just your projector way because you've been invited in to to ask those questions right 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 yeah it's great um (laughs) the downsides to being a projector or what what to be what to be mindful of because i think unlike generators we don't have unlimited energy Mm, yeah that's the biggest thing so projectors often don't know when to stop because you're living in a generator predominant world and you're looking around you and you might be emulating what's happening between all the generators. You're not supposed to operate in that same way. Mm. So it's not meant to be go, 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 go constantly. Um, you need to have, again, rest time, restore time, alone time to be able to decompress from everything that you're picking up throughout the day and to work in chapters, to not be just dialed in 24-7. Like you need to be able to to check out for a time and just rejuvenate yourself again and then that creativity will come back online again yeah that definitely makes sense to me and I I do find if I'm around a lot of a lot of people are in situations where I'm walking into a room with a whole lot of people I feel at times energized by that or at other times completely wiped by that environment Mm. so I I sometimes have to be mindful of of where I put myself because a lot of people would make the assumption sometimes when you work in the public eye that you'd be quite extrovert by nature but actually as a person Mm. I'm not shy by any stretch, but I am quite introverted in the sense that I, I'm not a huge fan. Now, bear in mind that I do love a good party and I do love being around people also. But at times I have to be quite selective about where I put myself because I can find it a bit intense. Yeah, spot on. And especially because you're a projector, when you're with somebody, you're giving them your intense focus, like mm. you're giving them all your focus. You're really you're seeing them and you're listening to them. And that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So it's different for a generator to be with another person because their energy works differently. They can take all of that on. But for you, it's very, it resonates deeper in the cells. You're really giving that person your attention. Yeah. And that's a very special thing to receive from a projector. That's okay. why you don't just give it away to everybody because your energy is meant to be this ebb and this flow. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their reward-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Finally, we are on to the reflectors. Reflectors, they are 1% of the population. So they're so rare. They're the unicorns. They're amazing though. Um, yeah. So they're like our collective mirrors. They are the ultimate assessors and evaluators of what's going on around us because they're very, very open as energy beings. They okay. literally pick up all the energy in a space from the position and the place that they're in to the people that they're around. So the reflector is the person that you're going to ask, how's it going? How's everything going here? They're the person in the office that you go to, to, to see how the morale is, how this process is happening, you know, what, what they're seeing or feeling and sensing because they have a fairly accurate read. They're like a barometer for what's going on around them. And they're constantly, so because they take all of this in, they're always changing as an energy type. So during the month, they'll feel like a manifesting generator. They could feel like a projector. The next day, they're a manifester. So they're actually not designed to be consistent all the time. They're the chameleon. They're a complete chameleon, depending on where they are. So it's really important for them that they're actually positioning themselves in the right network, around yeah. the right people, in the right place. If a place doesn't feel good, like they, they have to leave it because they'll feel unwell. I would imagine they are the type that could be very easily exploited then because of what they're bringing to the table. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Because they are so gifted in that sense that they could be pulled because because they they are changed they change depending on who they're with. That in the wrong situation with the wrong energy type, that wouldn't be good for them. Yeah, yeah, and they could be sort of put into that jack of all trades. They can do this, they can do that because they've been seen through the month to be able to excel at all different things okay. because they're constantly changing in themselves. They're always evolving. Are they the truth tellers? Yes, they can see they can see truth in people. They can see straight away if somebody is not being authentic or if somebody is is not fully being themselves because they they can sense it. They're picking up their energy. So often I'm fascinated by the fact that um, and this happens to me a good bit, which makes sense because I'm a projector that a lot of people at times say on Instagram and I put something up and it can create a reaction in people and I will get maybe messages sometimes positive sometimes not but a lot of people are projecting their own feelings or their own thoughts on something on to me um and often I feel like you know it is we're pressing buttons and sometimes and I know myself when it happens to me if I'm if I'm if I that part of me is activated and I'm irritated by something it's actually something that I need to look at because because of the idea that you know everything is a mirror Mm. You know, and if we're if we're seeing something in someone else, it's irritating us. It's not about them. It's about something in us that needs to be healed, that needs to be looked at. Yeah. So with reflectors, is that a constant then? Do they get that reaction from others? Reflectors? Okay. Or so, is that more of a projector so realm? Th- this is where it's interesting with reflectors. They are the most open 
type. So they take on the most energy in every area. So they sense everything. They're they're essentially everyone and no one at the same time. Like it's incredible. So because they operate this way, it's like they've been given this this Teflon aura where things are sampled by them, but it bounces off again. Brilliant. So it doesn't go in fully, okay, but they get yeah. to taste it and sample it. Because if they literally got the full whack of everything all the time, they'd have they'd they'd break down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have a bit to of know, resilience yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. But so what, what you said there is actually interesting with the projections. We might come back to that when we talk about the, the five line, if we think of it. Yeah, let's do it. So there they are. They are the, the five energy types. And actually, from listening to you there, they all sound brilliant in their own right. There's no one that's better than the other. And it does make sense that actually every single energy type has its place. Mm-hmm. Profile lines are the other thing, because again, when I used the chart initially, I just saw two numbers. I saw the names beside the numbers and I went, what is this? Of course, it all unfolded during our conversation. But um, let's talk through them because we'll all be one of these. Yes. Yes. So there, yeah. So there's, there's, well, first of all, the profiles. The profile is like, it's your archetype in this life. So it's the role that you're here to play, the character in the movie. Um, Yeah, the profile is, it's, it's kind of like your personality. It's how you're fulfilling your purpose here. So there's 12 different profiles, but there is two numbers within a profile. So I get you. example, I'm a two, four, you're a three, five. Mm. So there's six different profile lines, which mm. I can chat through now. So will I talk through them? I would love if you did. Yeah. Yeah. So the one. And this line... will make sense really for people. I would love if those of you listening could even pause this, this conversation right now. Click on that link, do your chart, find out what you are. So then you can kind of listen and tune in to Nicole as she's speaking, because, you know, when you're talking about it, it won't make any sense unless you know what you are. Are those in your life? Because if you can find out their birth time, it's really interesting. I'm getting more interested in like, I'd love next, like delve into the kids, really delve into the kids so that I can, I suppose, parent them better and understand them more. So anyway, yeah. Um, First up on the profile lines, which one are you going to do? Uh, so we'll just go one to six. We'll keep it. Okay, great. Keep it simple. Uh, so yeah, the one line. So the one line is the first profile line and that's the investigator. And it is what it sounds like. So the one lines are, they love to seek knowledge. They're the detectives. They want to investigate things. They want to learn. They want to ask questions. They're the people that, they're the people that will ask the questions that you'll go, why, why do they even, no one's ever asked that question before. That's the one line. They just, they love knowledge and they're very, very thorough. And the context of being a one line is they're trying to make things secure. So they're the people that are here to build a foundation, to make something very, very solid, have a good base under their feet. They need to feel like they can survive, basically. That's what they're here to do. They're trying to survive. It's a very primal way of being, which is amazing for them because they just soak up so much knowledge. They're great teachers and experts for that reason because they take in so much information and data. And this isn't just primarily reading or listening to things. It's actually, you know, tuning into conversations, watching people. It doesn't have to be intellectually. It can be in a lot of different ways that they investigate, you know, the Googlers. Um so is there a difference between the two numbers? Is the first number um, connected to something in particular and the second to something else? Yes. So, for example, you could have one four or you could have a four one. So the first number is related to your conscious self. It's your conscious awareness. It's your personality, your mind. And then the second number, it's your subconscious self. So it's more under your awareness. It's in your unconscious mind. It's 
it's nearly more in your body. You've less control over it because it's more in your design, your form, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it does. So you're going to go through, you're going to go through the the six different numbers, one to six, uh, but depending on where they, they fall in your chart, you could be a one six, could you be a six one? No. No. So there's 12 different profiles. Um, there's a one three, a four one, a one four, a five two, a two five. Uh, three six a six three um, <laughs> leave some out now yeah. where am I but yeah no not all of them go together but you I will have you. two numbers right. out of these six numbers but what to bear in mind is one of them will be a representation of your of your, of conscious, your conscious and then the subconscious. subconscious okay so what is number two so number two is the hermit and again it is what it sounds like the hermit needs space and time alone and Yes, we could say that about everybody needs their space and time alone sometimes, but the hermit really, really needs solitude. And if it doesn't get it, it can feel really off. Um, because so do you love going on retreats? I love my alone time. Yeah, yeah. I love my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, just naturally hermiting out because this is the time where the creativity comes out. So it's kind of like if you imagine an artist in a gallery and they're painting this gorgeous picture and then you've got everybody on the outside looking in the window at the artist they're just looking at them doing their thing and they're calling them and they want them to come out that's the hermit so the hermit's often the two line is very oblivious to its talents or what it's good at so it's here to be called out by other people so if you're a two line that's something to tune into if you're getting invitations or if you're getting things being said to you that that feels like you're getting called out for something that you're very good at that you didn't really pay enough heed to listen to those things from other people because that's what you're that's how you're designed to receive that exchange from others around you of you know course. you're and again that's like you know really important to you with the right network who will actually say mm. those things to you mm. um because you can be quite modest with that so yeah, there's this innate genius in the two line. So the idea is that if something doesn't come easy to you, you know, stay away from it. Lean into your natural gifts because you have quite a lot of them. So lean into the things that you, it just comes to you effortlessly. And you can't really explain how you do what you do or or how how you do it. It's mm. just there. So that's another thing. It's hard to explain how you break things down, but other people can just listen and watch and support. That's what they're there to do. Um, but the more you hide away, the more you'll find people are tapping in the window and trying to call you out of your space. So that's just the natural dynamic. Otherwise, you'd never leave the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Love it. Number so three. Yeah. Number three, that is the martyr. A lot of people have, uh, what's the word? Resistance An aversion. To, yeah. the, to the name. <laughs> well, I did. And I saw it. I went, the murder? What? Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the connotation of the word, I, I suppose. Know. But yeah. you you reframed it for me and you actually said... The scientist, I believe. Yeah, there's context to it. So the three line is, yeah, we'll rename it the scientist, the explorer, the experimenter, the experiencer. So the three line is the person that is basically wants to get their hands stuck into something and experience it for themselves. They're going to take, let's say, the one line's information at face value and go, that's grand, but I actually need to try it out for myself and see, does this actually work this way? Hence, I also maybe might see if it'll work a different way. Might try and experiment with it and add something different to it and, and see if it'll work this way. Go this direction instead. What'll come out of that? You know, the three line wants to be the scientist. So could they be a bit dangerous? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because Cleona is a one three and I'm going, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I could be in for a wild ride there. So, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a three five. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um it's it the positive is 
it's it's a willingness to be open minded. But the downside to it is pushing boundaries, I would imagine. Pushing boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> like the three line needs a lot of flexibility okay. and needs freedom to be able to kind of play around with things because there could be a couple of explosions. But out of those explosions, <laughs> there could be something God. genius that they figured out by accident. Right. You know, there's this trial and error process, but it's it's how they're meant to live their lives because it's how you learn and it's you everything that let's say is a deemed a failure inverted commas is something that you're collecting in your belt and you're taking that forward into something else and you're building upon that and you're teaching other people from that then you've experiential wisdom that isn't learned through a book mm. if you've actually gone through it so it's yeah my partner is a three line and he just he always says that he'll never listen to anyone unless they've actually gone through it. They yeah. need to have experienced it. Otherwise, he has no interest in paying attention. Yeah, that completely makes sense to me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, a four. So the four line, that's the opportunist. Uh, we'll rename that the networker. Um, the four line community is very, very important to the four line. So they need to feel rooted in their community and they need to have a good familiarity and a connection with the people that they surround themselves with. So stranger danger kind of thing. They prefer to to receive things and give things to people in their network that they have some kind of a foundation and trust built with already. Um, they're very influential. So they they are a resource essentially to other people. But likewise, that comes back to them as their community offers them resources and uses as they give it to them back um, I might have said that in a very confusing way but it's like a, this symbiotic relationship between people basically when you're a four line your network is it dictates the quality of your life so all opportunities let's say are to come to you through friends or people you know or people that are in that community and again you connect the dots for other people also you might be matchmaking you might be referring people um, there's just this connection that's sort of interwoven between people all the time so you're, the four line is here to be of influence of some kind but in a way that it's not pushy or it's not a dictatorship. It's just that people trust you. They're, you know, they they give weight to what you say. So that's, yeah, mm. it's really, really important for a four line to feel that stability socially. Okay. And again, this is resonating with me because I know, you know what I mean? Somebody in my circle is, is, is a four, is a four, six. So it definitely is resonating. Five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a three, five. So a five is the... Mm. Heretic, am I right? The heretic, yeah. Again, I was a bit like martyr, heretic, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, just to go back to the three line, the martyr for a second. The reason it's called the martyr is because, let's say that explosion happens. So yeah. you're kind of falling on your sword there. Yeah. But for the sake of humanity, you might have just figured out something really <laughs> cool, even though you put yourself in the firing line for it. So you were the martyr that yeah. discovered it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, know, like, I think it's just because I think, particularly in Ireland, because we have this association with the word of being the martyr. Yeah, you know? mammy. Oh, she, she's being the <laughs> yeah. martyr. You know what I mean? We have this negative association, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but heretic is another, it's quite an archaic word isn't yeah, it yeah so it's yeah it's definitely challenging the status quo for sure it's going against the, the grain the natural grain yeah so the five line is here the rebels we're the rebels the rebels <laughs> to go against. I don't think I'm that much of a rebel but there you go no but I mean like having an open conversation and maybe challenging a couple of things like yeah, that I, naturally I, comes up yeah I'd like to think I'm not you know I, I don't go along with the, the flock per se uh, but there are times when I have to just eat humble pie and swallow my own opinion and for an easier life go with the flow but sometimes I struggle with the flow yeah. I want to do my own flow yeah yeah independence of the yeah. three line you don't like being locked in or tied no, down to something no, you need no. to be able to have one foot out one foot in if you feel like exiting yeah 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 exactly 
Um, but yeah, the five line. So the five line is actually a very good problem solver. They're right. here to be, they're quite good at coaching, advising, thinking outside the box. Um, and again, that's why they sort of challenge things because they're not boxed in. They look outside of it and see what else could be done. What, what could be distributed here that is missing? What's needed? Um, so they're very good at finding solutions to things and they sort of have this default position of falling into this sort of savior role, this firefighting role. Um, and sometimes they don't even land themselves in it themselves. It's just other people gravitate towards them to do this for them or to help with this or to to support with that because the five line operates in what's called a projection field. So mm. people project onto the five line all the time, meaning that they see you how they want to see you. They will label you how they want to label you. If they want something, they'll sort of see a reflection of that within you and they'll come to you then and say, Sheila will know how to do that. And you could very much be in your head going, I have never had experience with this. Why would they come to me and ask me to help with that? That's so strange. It's because you're a five line. You have this this aura that attracts people in for you to solve things. So it's really, really important that you answer the right calls, that you're not feeling this constant expectancy from everyone, which will happen. People will always expect things from you because you have that nature. Um, but you have to be very discerning about what you choose and what you engage with because the five line is the first person to be burnt at the stake. You know, you could do a hundred things right and then the one thing that goes wrong, they'll be yeah. put in the firing line for it. It's funny, as you're speaking there, I'm not necessarily thinking of myself. I'm actually thinking of my son because he's also a three, five and also a projector. And mm. a lot of people have said they think he's quite like me. And, you know, even at home, we do kind of we spot kind of you do you see you see elements of and everybody's individual, regardless of their age. But there are certain kind of traits <laughs> that um, that you do see, I suppose, in your kids, whether they're like, you know, one parent or another or whatever it might be. So I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking of him when you're yeah. speaking there. It's, it's really interesting. They're here to use their voices as well. So yeah. it's really important that if you're a five line and you're not using your voice, if you're not sharing a message, if you're not distributing or amplifying something mm. that there, there's, there's something wrong there. There's something happening that's, that's okay. blocking that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, in Carl's case, it could be like for be, being a child, he yeah. might want to show you everything he's doing. You know, come look at me, do this. I'm going to show you how I do this. Yeah. You know, that might be a thing for him. Yeah, totally. And he's, he's a brilliant communicator. I'm not just saying that as like, you know, it's, anyone who meets him says it like he's a chatterbox you know what I mean he's he's yeah. he's, he's great at engagement and and conversation with people yeah. and is not afraid to to tell you what's going on with them which which is good you know so there are the five so the final profile line is number six the number six so the six is the role model and the six line is probably the more complicated of all six because okay. it goes through three different life stages so essentially they're very good at seeing things. So a bit like the projector they're yeah, they're good at having a, an overview of what's going on, what needs to be perfected, what's not quite right. So they're very um, involved with evolution, evolving, growing, making mm. things better, improvements. But the three phases that they go through for the first 30 years of their life, they're in the first phase and bear with me here, they're operating as a three line. So the first 30 years of their life is very much trial and error. So during that time, it's not it's not a time for them to try and be consistent. It's a time for them to throw a load of things at the wall and see what sticks, you know, just experiment with everything. Things might, again, blow up in the face and not quite go go on so well as they thought it would. But it's just a learning experience for them. So it will, it will be nonlinear. 
And then at the age of 30-ish, they'll enter the second phase, which is climbing up onto the roof. And then there's this sense of retreat that happens. So they kind of draw their energy in a bit and they go a little bit more inward and they're reflecting on everything that they've done over the 30 years. They're taking what they've enjoyed, what they like, and they're pairing back on all the rest of it. So they're really refining and polishing their lives and things are starting to sort of pan out, make sense. Stuff that they might have cursed before having done, saying that was a waste of time, is sort of coming back around in some way to help mm. them and just settle into the life that they're starting to build. Um, so it's a transition period that the person in the second phase is starting to move towards that role model now where people are gravitating towards them for advice and guidance. And they've really gone out of that trial and error phase and they're in this sort of sage yeah, phase. They're yeah, moving yeah, into yeah. that more powerful, wise, experiential sort of person. Um, so does that last that? Mm. So it's three stages. So is that another 30 years? That's another 20 years. So okay. it's from 30 ish to 50 ish is when they're what what's called on the roof. So they kind of have people at a like in a, at an arm's length a bit. They're not okay. letting everybody in as much as they used to. They're not getting into the thick of all the drama like maybe they used to. They're sort of more in observer mode. So it's like yeah. they're watching people from the roof. What's working? What's not working? They're just watching. But they're also being seen. So the sixth line is very naturally always being observed as well okay. because they are the person that everyone's trying to emulate they're seen as let's say the most evolved because they've gone through the experiences they've gone through the other side of things so again people gravitate towards them for that information and for that experience 30 years um in the first section and then 20 years kind of mm. on the roof and then after that the age of 50 what happens what phase is that at the age of 50 that is seen as pure embodiment of what you have been through in life and you are the the evolved human, the perfect human. No, but really you come off the roof. Basically, you climb back down off the roof and you reintegrate with society and you are seen as that role model, that full role model that people will be attracted to, that yeah. will want to, to come to you and ask you questions and give, I don't know, whatever advice. area that you can advise on, they they see you as that. Wise. Very wise. Yeah, very wise. And the sixth line, the sixth line is always interested in what's beyond. So they can get very bored with just seeing what's the same thing around them all the time. Mm. They want to see what's going on over here. What what do they do in this country? What They're are their observant. ways of living? Yeah. What are they what their ways of being? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So we've gone through the energy types and the the profile lines. There are loads of other you know, areas and nuances within your everybody's individual chart. During this conversation, we're only giving an overview really of the different types and what it might be. And I think for somebody who has a chart in front of them, they will have a little bit of a sense of of themselves a bit more from listening to you speak. Now, you'll never get into it all. You'd probably need to do a whole podcast series uh, to cover everything within human design. Yeah. But the other areas that fascinate you within a person's chart are. So many, so many things. Um, one area that really interests me and it's it's close to home for me um, is the centers. So. If anyone is looking at the chart right now, you'll see that there is there's nine different shapes on that chart. So they're what are called the centers. They're what are based off the chakra system. So they're all energy hubs for a different theme in your body and in your soul and in your mind. So the head center, the heart center, the emotional center, the sacral center. Um, there's a lot of different types of energies that run through us. So when you look at these centers, they can either be colored in so if they're colored in, that means that that center is defined. So that particular area for you is consistent. That area is fully your own energy and you have that to leverage whenever you need it. So you know that that's stable, it's solid, it's concrete, it's purely you. And then if you see a white center, 
that's undefined. That's an undefined center. So it's essentially the opposite. It's a sponge. It's taking in energy from the outside world. It's receiving intelligence data, whatever it is that's going on in the environment. You're sucking that into your body and you're experiencing it, even though it's not yours. So it's an empathic ability, let's say. Um, For me, I have six open centers, undefined centers out Mm. of the nine. So that's why I say it's close to home because... For a long time, when I didn't know human design, I didn't see my chart ever. I I just, you know, the sensitivity was huge Mm. and I just couldn't make head or tail of it. It was really, it was a bit disorientating and I'd end up just trying to numb out of things because it was a lot. Mm. So coming to human design was, there was such relief in seeing the themes of what I was taking in. It kind of gave a language and a lens to things I couldn't describe what I was feeling or what I was going through, but then it just made so much sense. So now that I'm so aware of it, it's it's easier to to dissipate what's gone in that isn't my own yeah. and to, to manage it and to maintain it and actually to, to kind of use it in a way to wield it and know that, oh, OK, that's just come in from outside. That's interesting. What's going on here? You know, it's mm. yeah, it's just a really interesting part to look at where you're open and where you're defined. Yes, because I I, th- I believe I have a few open as well. You have um, five out of the nine. Yeah. Yeah. And you would think that it would make you, um, I would think when you're, when I'm listening to you speak, that would make you more vulnerable. And, and at times it can, depending on the situation you're in, but actually it can be a positive as well because of, I suppose, as you said, I suppose it's the feeling part that goes with it. The fact that you will sense maybe in a, in a deeper way what somebody else maybe is, is going through. Yeah, you depending. have... You have the full capacity in that center to experience everything that that center can experience because you're feeling it from all around you. So, yeah, they can be such wise, wise places because you're, you're picking up information. Mm, it's it's mm. intelligence, really. Um, but yeah, very can be very vulnerable as well because it's very, you can pick up conditioning from other people. Stuff that isn't yours and now you think it's yours and then you're getting confused and then, yeah, you just kind of, you come away from yourself a little bit. So that's why time alone is important if you're very, very open. Okay. So can you be fully defined or yes. fully undefined? Yes. Wow. So right. reflectors... The unicorns, they're completely white. They're totally undefined. Every center is open. That's why they are just like everybody and no one at the same time and but, constantly shape-shifting. Okay, but but again, unlike maybe others, it doesn't penetrate deep enough to deplete their energy. It, it goes in and if they take their rest time and they maintain themselves and they understand that they take okay. this in, it's okay. All right, it's really It doesn't completely block it out, but there is that, that bit more resistance okay. to somebody that just has a few open centers. So let's say me having six open centers, I would take in a lot more within each center than a reflector would within each center. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, because what I can compare it to is there have often been times on, on this podcast where I've sat down with people who have opened up in such a raw and real way about something terribly upsetting. And I feel a real sense of responsibility afterwards. Like, are they okay? I've opened them up. I've got them to talk about and relive effectively a very difficult situation. And I really feel, I feel a lot afterwards. I Mm. I can often feel um, really wiped and, and I'm processing it and I'm, I'm thinking about them and are they okay? And um, it can sometimes take a while for my energy to come back up. Yeah. So is that, that part would, of it? Yeah, that would make sense because, for example, if you don't mind me saying yeah. about your centers. Sure, see, no, you, not at all. You have your solar plexus undefined, which is your emotional center. 
So your emotional center is like a sponge. You pick up the emotions in your environment. You're an emotional empath. So you're again, like the barometer for emotions for all the people around you. So if somebody is upset and feeling grief, that goes into your body. You can sense it. You can feel it like it's your own. Okay. And what you take in from another person, you'll amplify it by 10. So you amplify it in a stronger way than what you initially took it in as. And you also have your spleen undefined, which um, takes on physical sensations from other people. So you mm. can actually sense and the spleen is all about survival. If somebody's going through, let's say, something very, very traumatic, they're essentially reliving. They could be reliving that fight or flight yeah. scenario. So you're picking up on that kind of fear and that survival instinct in the body. So you're physically taking on that as well. Mm. So yeah, it makes it's sense. Really interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. And again, I suppose what I what I love about this now and thank you for educating me. And I suppose the more we can learn about ourselves, the more we can help ourselves in our own lives. And then and then if you delve deeper, then you learn more about the, those around you. It makes you understand them more. And um, that can only be a good thing. It can only be a good thing. Um, it's amazing for relationships. Yeah. And for kids and parents and partnerships and people mm. you're working with. It just sheds so much light and it just, it allows us to not make each other wrong for not being the same as each other. Yes. You know, there's just more respect and grace and honoring that happens, you know, and people can work together instead of working against each other because they're different. Exactly. And what I, what I love about it as well, there's no right or wrong. There's no one chart is better than another. Like no. everybody is unique and there is, there is, there's kind of a, there's a beauty and a power in everyone's chart. And also it helps you realize where your, your areas are maybe that you need a bit of attention and you need to mind yourself and you need to mind your energy. Mm. Um, so it is, it's, it's really fascinating. What about the arrows? The arrows, yeah. So if you look at the chart, you'll see four arrows at the top. Um, These are part of what's called the primary health system in human design. So basically those arrows, there's a whole world underneath each of those arrows. So I won't go through what they mean, but you'll find things like your your prime environment. So the element that you're designed to thrive in, you know, um, there's different types of environments. So for example, I'm mountains environment, your valleys environment. And it's not so much that I live on a mountain or you need to live on a valley. It's more the metaphor and the context of what that energy is like, that you have that surrounding you, that your body is set up in that environment for you to thrive. Um, that's a really interesting part. I love environment. And then you can see things like your super sense. So what's the strongest sense in your body that comes online that allows you to receive the most information, um, how you digest so how you digest and consume the world. So be that food, drink, how you learn, how you listen to a conversation, how you take in anything around you. The best and optimal way for you to do that, for you to function in the most healthy way. Mm. Um, it'll show how you're motivated. So how you mentally process things, how you're how you're set up to like cognitively function and make sense of something. Um, and it'll give you your view. So how you see the world, what are the glasses that you're wearing that you're looking out at the world through? You know, everyone will have a different capacity to see and think and digest and it's it's amazing it's actually very interesting with schools you know that's another tangent that I could go on but with the school system the kids are, mm. are it's set up so differently to learn um some kids aren't designed to, to focus on one thing their brain is meant to be quite passive and yeah anyway yeah, I won't go down that rabbit hole <laughs> no no but I get you I get you and it is a really valid point absolutely um and again, yeah, it's a system like the school system is catering for one type of person rather than the fact that we know now, um, and certainly from this conversation, there are 
so many different types of people in the world and, you know, everybody has their place. So for those listening who are thinking to themselves, I want to learn more about me or my partner or whoever it is. Um, you can do one-on-one sessions and that really is where I feel from the session I did with you, that's when you really get down to the nitty gritty of who you are. And there is so much to be learned from it. Like I listening back to what what you said a few years ago, I was taking even more in, which was great. Um, and luckily you've given us a discount code. So for those listening who want to book in, you're going to give them 30% off by simply using the code Sheila30. Go onto your website, I take it, is it? Yeah, yeah. So you can go onto my website. It's just NicoleCrosby.com or you can find me on Instagram as well. It's NicoleCrosby.ie on Instagram. So you can find the link in that too. Nicole, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely brilliant. I know that we could have you back again to delve even deeper into it, but I think we've given people a lovely taster in what human design is all about. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Nicole's discount will run until the end of August 2023. And if you liked this episode, you might like the one I recorded on numerology from July 2020. Next week, I speak to psychotherapist Richard Hogan about his new book, Home is Where the Start Is. And thank you, as always, for your support of Ready to Be Real. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.